If my child wasn't like this, then I would have peace. But no. The Bible talks about a peace that passes all understanding. A peace that regardless of your circumstances, you got peace with God and you got peace in your heart. And you can be at peace with those around you. Even our enemies. We can be at peace with our enemies. As followers of Christ, we don't seek to have any enemies. We don't have one enemy. But there are people who make themselves our enemies. They just hate on us, or they just mean to us, or they just mad at us for whatever reason. But praise God for his peace that passes all understanding. How are you peaceful and you have this diagnosis that you're dealing with? How are you peaceful and here you are in a nursing home? How are you peaceful and you're going through aches and pains? How are you peaceful when you're missing your phone call that was frequent, but now you barely get it or you rarely get it? And you don't know when you're going to get the next one. You don't get visits. Why are you at peace? Because we serve a God, amen, who would never leave us and forsake us. And we know that in our hearts, that no matter what we're going through, Christ is enough. And that, that's one of the main things by God, God's grace we can settle in our heart, that Christ is enough. Let Christ be enough for you today. Let his word be enough for you today. Let God's grace be enough for you today. Let what the Bible says be enough for you today. Amen. It's in, in him we live and move and have our being. Even as we're in John chapter 15. John chapter 15 today. And we're going to look at verse 18. John 15, 18. It says, if the world hate you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together in your name. Lord, we thank you that regardless of what we're facing, we can have joy, we can have peace in the midst of the storm. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you're with us as we struggle with fear, as we struggle with doubt, as we struggle with inconsistencies. Heavenly Father, as we struggle with depression, as we struggle with loneliness, as we struggle with aches and pains. Lord, we thank you that you're with us and you will never need us. Be enough in our hearts today. Be enough in our minds today. Let your word be enough. Let your promises be enough. Let Christ be enough for us, Heavenly Father. And all the things that come with him, in Jesus' name, let our, let our hearts be good ground today. That your word may go deep and penetrate deeply in. Lord, we may bear much fruit for your glory. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is encouraging his disciples. Jesus is commanding his disciples. Jesus is comforting his disciples. Jesus is teaching his disciples because he's about to go away. And where he's going, they can't come with him. They were able to go with him when he fed the four. 
5,000 besides men and children, men and women. He was able to, they were able to go with him. And they saw Lazarus risen from the dead. They were able to go with him and see many miracles and experience many things. John, Peter, and I forget the other one, the three. I think it's James, Peter, and John. They got to go with him on the Mount of Transfiguration and see the glory of Christ in the visual form. But Jesus was about to go somewhere where they couldn't come. And Jesus is preparing them. And he's encouraging them. At one point he told them, these things that I say unto you, I say to you that your joy may be, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. At one point he said, you believe in God, believe also in me. And he explained that in his father's house or many mansions, he was going away to prepare a place for them, for us. Hallelujah. And so here in this particular passage, the same thing is going on. Jesus is about to go. He's about to be wounded for our transgressions, physically bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was, is about to be upon him, and by his stripes, we're about to be healed. And he told them in John 15 and 18, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. As we go through this passage, we're going to come across three points and discuss three points. Number one, the world is going to hate us. Number two, the world hated Jesus. And point three, the comfort that we have because Jesus was hated first. The first point, the world is going to hate you. We're not talking about the birds, but a bird will attack you. <laughs> if you get near a bird's nest, that bird might attack you. But that's not the kind of world we're talking about. If you get trapped into a cage with a hungry bear or a hungry lion or a hungry animal, you will probably be attacked. But that's not the world we're talking about. And if you're not careful walking through the desert, if you get into the wrong kind of sand called quicksand, you probably will begin to sink. There are many things. We're not talking about this physical world. We're talking about the world system. We're talking about a world mentality. We're talking about people who live their lives based on what they see, what they touch, what they understand with the natural mind. That's the word he's referring to. See, people of faith, people of Christ, we don't live by what we see. For the just shall live by faith. We don't live by what we understand necessarily. Because there are many things that God commands us to do that we might not understand them, but in obedience to him, we want to be obedient. 
understand why we got to love our enemies sometimes. We don't understand why we got to bless those that hate us. We don't understand sometimes why we give. We don't understand some things. But we live by faith. When he said the world hates you, he's referring to the world system. See, the world system is against God's kingdom. The world system is of the flesh, and God's kingdom is of the spirit. And so because the world system is against God, as followers of Christ, they're against us. Because the Bible says that the flesh wars against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. So the world is going to hate you. This world system is not for you. This world system and the people who are in that mentality, of that mentality, of the world, are not going to understand you walking by faith. They're not going to understand you trusting in Jesus. They're not going to understand you blessing those that curse you. They're not going to understand you walking in forgiveness. They're not going to understand when you say that Jesus is the only way to the Father. They're going to hate you. The world loves its own. Those who think with their mind and with what they see, make decisions on what they experience and what they can feel, they're all together. They get along with each other in the sense that they're on the same page, they're in the world and of the world. But they don't understand that they are sinful and there's nothing good in them. We do understand that. We understand that we're sinful and apart from God, we can do nothing. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. But that world don't understand that. They think that they're just, they're, they're just people. And people are just people. And people aren't inherently bad. There are redeemable qualities. There's merit. There are good people. But the Bible says none is righteous. No, not one. So the world is going to hate you because your thoughts and your words and your actions as a follower of Christ, they're not going to be able to understand it. They're not going to be able to receive that. They're going to hate you. And one of the main reasons the world hates you it's because the Bible says, as we let our light shine, we draw attention to our Heavenly Father. And those who are of Christ, they can appreciate, they can enjoy that, and they can give glory to God. But the world, the world, that conviction from your light, that conviction from your life, the difference how you're living, I don't want the world doesn't want the world doesn't want to be reminded of their sins. The world doesn't want to be reminded of their mistakes. They don't want to see themselves as not right with God and not going to heaven outside of Christ. They want to say that they're okay. Hey, I'm no better than you, you know better than me. Everybody's made mistakes. There's more than one way to heaven. 
Jesus is not the only way. If I just let my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, I'll be okay. If I just treat people right, I'll be okay. If I follow this formula of doing good and saying good and helping senior citizens across the street and putting money in church and going to church regularly, then I'll be okay. But they don't understand that our works outside of Christ are but filthy rags and they're no good and God rejects our work. He accepts the work of Christ. Christ has merit. Christ is sinless. He is perfect. And the only way to the Father is through Christ. The world doesn't want to receive that. So the world is going to hate you. Look at the world system. What are they promoting? Lust of the eye. Pride of life. Lust of the flesh. That's what the world is all about. Get all you can. And then can all you get. Me. I'm the most important person in this room. I'm the most important person at my house. I'm the most important person at my job. It's not about me. That's what the world promotes. But when you tell them that it's about Jesus, and not just with your words, and our words which are very important, but with your lifestyle. When they see the difference in you, they're going to hate you. When you open your mouth and tell them why you're so kind, why you show up to work on time? Why you, they'll say that you kiss your supervisor's butt. That's what they'll say. But you know that you're doing this unto the Lord. And you know that God is going to reward you for your faithfulness. The world has a totally different mentality than the people of God. They live by the flesh. They live by sight. So you walk by the spirit, they're going to hate you. That's the first point. Yes, you're giving your life to Christ. Yes, you're repenting of your sin. Yes, you acknowledge that you're a sinner and you're dependent on what Christ did. You know you don't have any merit. You know you're not a good person. Outside of Christ, you can do nothing. You know that living this life is about the glory of God. But the world still going to hate you. That's the first point. The second point is The world hated Jesus. The good thing about the world hating us, it puts us in lockstep with Christ. The good thing about the world hating us, the world system hating us, the world mentality hating us, the people who live by the flesh, by the sight, by the understanding, the good thing about us being hated is Jesus had already been there. He understands the isolation you feel. He understands the hurt that you feel when you reach out and you're rejected because of Jesus. Now sometimes if we're not careful, we're rejected because of our attitudes. People don't like us because we could be jerks. We could be mean-spirited. We could be rude. 
People don't like us because we can talk too much. We can be arrogant. We can be prideful. We can do things that are unseemly, uncomely. But we're not talking about people that practice that and live like that. We're talking about followers of Christ. Followers of Christ don't practice those things. Now from time to time you might slip up. Praise God we confess our sins and we keep on moving. But the beautiful thing about Christ was hated before us. He's already been there. He knows what it feels like to be rejected. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. How embarrassing is that? How heartbreaking is that? How unnerving is that? How hurtful is that? You come to your own people and they reject you. Your own family rejects you. Your own race rejects you. Your own nation. And all you've ever done was slap them. Jesus understands. Jesus understands the isolation that you feel. Jesus said, the time is going to come that you're going to leave me alone. He's telling his little disciples. But he says, I'm not alone for God is with me. Jesus understands how you feel when you feel like you've been a castaway. When you feel like you've been forgotten about. When you feel like you've been rejected. Jesus understands. And if he understands, he knows how to comfort you. Amen? He knows how to give you joy in the midst of the storm. He knows how to be your peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the center of our joy, the songwriter wrote. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Jesus understands. So whenever you're feeling alone, whenever you're feeling hated, whenever you're feeling isolated, whenever you're feeling like you're being rejected, remember Jesus understands. He understands. So point one, the world's going to hate you. Point two, the world hated Jesus before it hated you. And point three, what are the benefits of the fact that Jesus was hated before us? So often when you think about a job, you think about the benefits, the head care, uh, having holidays off. But do you think about the day-to-day -day work that's involved? Being a construction worker, there are great benefits so often, but what about the day-to-day -day work that's, in, that's entitled? Lifting heavy loads, and being out in the heat, and being in danger, being hurt all the time, wearing those hard hats and around all that equipment. There's danger there. I've never worked on a construction site, but it don't look too safe to me. Looks extremely dangerous on a construction site. You need to think about the work that's entailed. 
As we think about the goodness of God, as we think about the mercy of God, as we think about salvation, as we think about the word of God and the benefits of following Christ, let's not forget there's suffering involved. So if we suffer with Christ, he said, then we'll also reign with him. What does that mean? The same isolation that he felt, the same loneliness that he felt, the same rejection that he felt, we don't run from that. We embrace that. We embrace that. We accept that. And we cry out to God for patience. And we cry out to God for grace to endure. That's one of the benefits of going where Jesus is already gone. Jesus said it's for a teacher to be like his master. The Bible says those who live godly shall suffer persecution. God understands. So one of the major benefits of being persecuted and being isolated and being hated like Christ is by God's grace as we endure it patiently we understand that that's part of the call. We have to endure as good soldiers. We get to Endure as good soldiers because God is forming us into the image of his son. He's forming us through these tribulations. He's forming us through this struggle, through the hatred of the world. God is forming us and teaching us how to trust him and teaching us how to be patient and teaching us how to seek him and teaching us how to walk as Jesus commanded that we walk. So we praise God that we hate it. Because Christ was hated. We praise God that we get to experience what Christ experienced. Because in the same way, the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. We're learning obedience through the things that we suffer. In Christ Jesus. Praise God for that. Who would have thought there's a benefit in the world hating you? It's in the word of God. There's a benefit to the world hating us as they hated Jesus. There's a benefit to the world persecuting us because we're following Christ. Question is, are we following Christ? The application is, hey, rejoice. Rejoice that the world is hating you. You guys remember when the disciples came back for ministry? Christ sent them into different towns and he gave them power to lay hands on the sick and he gave them power to cast out devils. And they came back and they were rejoicing. They were like, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us. And Jesus said, Rejoice not that the demons are subject to you, but that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's one of the signs that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The world hates you. So embrace that and enjoy that and trust God in the midst of it. Hallelujah. Even as family members disown you because of Christ, your friends disown you because of Christ, they cast out your name as evil for God's sake. Rejoice because you are in lockstep with Christ. You are experiencing what Christ experienced. And praise God. 
as we suffer, the Bible says, if we suffer with him, we're going to reign with him. What does that mean? That means that all the blessings that we see in Revelations, I think it's chapter 2 and 3, all the blessings that Jesus talks about for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the blessings that are in the word of God regarding God's people, they're ours with persecution. So that's part of it. Rejoice. Rejoice. Because God is forming Christ in us. He's being glorified in the midst of our struggles. So we can rejoice and count it as joy when we go through persecution. Count it as joy when we're isolated, when we're mistreated because of Christ. At the same time, though, let's pray that we make sure that it is Christ that we're being persecuted from. And not, not us. So praise God for his word. And praise God for what he's doing. We want to make sure though. That we're in Christ. It's quite possible. But that there are some who are listening. Who at once said a prayer. And you fell away from that prayer. That's not salvation. There may be those among us who don't really know the joy of salvation because they're trusting in their own good works. They're trusting in their family and where they come from, trusting in the money that they have, trusting in your marriage because you consider yourself a pretty good person compared to someone else. But when we compare ourselves to Jesus, all of us fall short. But today is the day that you can call out for the Lord to save you. You can confess your sins to Christ and turn away, ask God to turn away from your sin, ask God to grace you, to turn away from your sins and trust in Christ. Trust in the one who's already been there. Trust in the one who was in the beginning with God. And he is God. And he became flesh. Trust in the one. Who is the resurrection and the life? His name is Jesus. Amen. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you for the persecution. We thank you for the isolation. Lord, we thank you for these things that happen within you. Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that in order to reign with you, we also get to suffer with you. Grace us to understand, Lord God, that this is part of the process. Grace us to cry out for your grace to endure the persecution, to endure the isolation, to endure the doubt and the fear, Lord God, that we feel at times. Grace us to call upon your name, Lord God, that you will save us even from the wrath that we might trust in Christ. Lord, we thank you that your word went forth and we thank you that you're the God of our flesh. There's nothing too difficult for you. And we ask God that you would grace us, Lord God, to truly represent you well. Teach us how to walk in the light as you're in the light. Because we don't want our good to be evil spoken of. We don't want to be the cause of the persecution. We don't want to be the cause, Lord God, of the isolation. We don't want to be the cause. But Lord, if, they, if it's because of you, grace us to endure. And grace us to walk right before you, Lord God, to walk in love. And as persecution comes, 
Grace is not to be afraid of it, but to embrace it and to accept it by your grace. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah.